open up your Bible to Luke chapter 10, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this series, uh, The Holiday Survival Guide. Gosh, I wish I would have gotten one of these a long time ago. And uh, holidays are always a lot of fun. We're coming into Thanksgiving, Christmas, and if you celebrate anything between those or during those as well, uh, we all have... Uh, unique things that happen during the holidays. All of us come from a different culture, different kind of family dynamic, and uh, everybody has their own kind of story of what to expect during the holidays. And, and it's one of those things, if you have a family, then you know that the holidays are a really, really unique time. It's the only time of the year where, where you will be forced to spend time with people that you've managed to avoid for an entire year. And so it's that time of the year. And during the final five weeks of the year, statistically, we spend more time with immediate and extended family than the rest of the year combined. And it's something in our culture here in the States. And, and I think it could be a good thing. Um, but, it, you know, it's always a good thing to go back home, right? It's a good thing to remember where we came from, especially if you've moved around. Uh, you know, if you've grown up in one place and you moved around a lot, it's always so refreshing to go back home. Just uh, a week ago or two weeks ago, my wife and I got to go back to South Louisiana. She's from here, from San Antonio. I'm from South Louisiana. And so we were there at my, with my parents and all of my siblings and all my extended family came. We had a huge baby shower and it was out of control. And uh, it's very, a very unique time. And uh, we actually did Thanksgiving on October 29th because everyone was in town. So we just knocked it out while we could and uh, said, hey, let's cook a turkey. So we just did it. And, um, but one of the big issues during the holidays is the fact that we didn't get to choose our families. And no matter how close we are with our families, there's always something that maybe you wish was different. I mean, am I the only one or can you identify with that? We all wish that maybe this was different, that was different. Maybe you have hovering parents or entitled children or entitled siblings, uh, people with boundary issues. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're going to talk about all that. Then you have the underachievers and then the overachievers and you have the beggars and the braggers. And it's hard to just have a, a normal conversation because everybody keeps on trying to outdo each other. At least that's how it is with uh, my family. We all have a blast. We, my family is the loud family. And so my extended family. Um, and besides all that, drama, there are those who are going into the holiday this year without the chance to be with family. Maybe you're going to be deployed during the holidays this year. That's tough. So what do you do about that? How, do you, how does your family get through those times? And then there are those who simply don't have family to go to. You just don't have family to go to. Or, or maybe this will be your first holiday season without a loved one who's passed away, or maybe without a loved one who's just walked away. This might be a really really tough time of the year, especially those who have lost people. It's usually Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, Easter that we remember the most, Mother's and Father's Day. Today, I want us to look into God's word for direction for this holiday season. And in the coming weeks, we're going to discuss some of the major pitfalls to avoid. And so this is really where the survival guide will really, really uh, come in handy. We're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. But here's the deal. We must keep the main thing, the main thing. Come on, say the main thing. See, everything else we're going to talk about during this series will actually build on what we're talking about today. It'll build on what we're talking about today. You know, whenever you're trying to survive out in the wild, I don't know if you've ever done any kind of wilderness excursion or anything like that. The first thing you need to do is to find shelter. You have to find shelter. About two months ago, I survived nearly um, a four-day Alaskan wilderness rafting trip. 
It was super dangerous, and it was a lot of fun, and we had big guns and dogs. It was awesome. It was a great time. There were bears everywhere, but we, we rafted, we floated down, uh, defensive rafting. We floated down about 50-plus miles. I don't know the count. Um, four days, eight hours of rowing each day. It was exhausting, but we about 50-plus miles down the Chalitna River, which is glacier-fed from Mount Denali and the surrounding foothills. And Now, I know what you're thinking. Denali, you recognize that name, don't you? That's if, you, if you're not familiar, GMC makes a, a vehicle, a line of vehicles called the Nanali. And I know what you're thinking, because I thought the same thing too whenever I saw the mountain and heard the name. How in the world did GMC convince Alaska to name a mountain after their car? Am I right? That's amazing. That's good marketing right there. And uh, that's not true, actually. Um, so we would raft, we would be dodging things. The river goes nonstop and it's frigid. If you fall in, you just have a few minutes before you get hypothermia. And so just don't fall in was the instruction. And, uh, and so after about eight hours of rowing, you're excited, but you're full of adrenaline. It was amazing. The first thing we did whenever we hit shore was we'd set up camp. It's the first thing we did. Before anything else, we set up camp and then we took care of food. That's what we did. Because whenever it's time to survive, you have to go for shelter first. And this holiday season, we need shelter. It's the first thing we need. And I want you to hear this. This is what we're gonna be talking about today. And it's the simple truth, is that love is a shelter from the storms of life. As you go into this holiday season, as we look in, as we have fun with this holiday survival guide, we need to keep it at the forefront, to keep the main thing the main thing, is that real love, love is like a shelter from the storms of life. As we'll see in today's text, Jesus, he places a huge priority on love. In fact, Jesus says that the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul. We're going to see that today. And he said in the second greatest commandment is like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love, we got to keep the main thing the main thing. Love is like a shelter from the storms of life. And in Luke 10, 25, if you haven't turned there, get there right now, Luke 10, 25, we'll see what love looks like. We'll see what love looks like. Jesus will tell us the story here today. So in Luke 10, 25, uh, Jesus is in a room uh, full of Pharisees and lawyers. And so they're asking him questions. So we kind of come in right in the middle. He's kind of being interrogated. In verse 25, we pick up and it says, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. So he's gonna ask Jesus a hard question. He says, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is like an open-ended question. What, what do I do? What do I do? Verse 26, and Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? That's so important. We don't have time to talk about that. Verse 27, and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Well, that would be great if we just stopped there. Man, let's go point one, two, three. Let's get out of here. But the lawyer's not done. Verse 29, and he, desiring to justify himself, because he had some prejudice in his heart, desiring to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Let's, can we define that real quick? Who is 
my neighbor. I'm not supposed to love my neighbor as myself, but can I pick and choose who my neighbor is? Can I just say that the people that I already like are my neighbor? Can I say that the immediate family that I have that I like the most, maybe the cousins that I love the most, maybe those people could be my neighbor and everyone else maybe not? I mean, it would take a lawyer to get there, right? To even ask this question to pull it apart this way. But he's asking a question that maybe we've looked at before. Do I really have to love that person? It's, well, surely, I mean, we're so different. I mean, different cultures, different languages, whatever. They eat different food. Their food doesn't smell the way I like food to smell. Surely those aren't my neighbors. Neighbors are people close to you, aren't they? I mean, we don't even talk to our neighbors. Don't get me wrong. I live in an apartment too. So, I mean, we don't talk to neighbors. Uh, but we, who is our neighbor? And so Jesus, instead of giving him a straight answer, Jesus tells him a story. And he brings him on this journey as we're about to go on together today. And in this journey, in this story, we're gonna see what it means to be a neighbor. And remember, I wanna keep us all on the same page. We're talking about love today. Love is like a shelter from the storms of life. And we're about to see a guy, a hero in my opinion, who's gonna show us what this love looks like. So let's go into verse 30. Jesus replied and he said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and then departed, leaving him half dead. This is a bad day for this guy. He's naked, he's robbed, he's dying on the side of the road. And verse 31, and now by chance a priest, remember there's priest in the room, A priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, this would have made a lot of sense to the priest, because if they would have touched a dead body, there was a lot of ceremonial purity that they would have to go through. They'd have to go outside of the camp for seven days, wash all their garments. That's time away from family. I mean, it's a big deal back then with the law of Moses. And so this priest, honestly, I don't even know if I would fault the priest, Because he's like, man, I don't know who that guy is. And if he's dead, I can't touch him anyway. And so, you know, so the priest just keeps on walking. The priest keeps on walking, verse 32. And so likewise, a Levite, which a Levite was from the tribe of Levi, and these guys serve the priest. A Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side as well. So this guy's getting passed up by all of God's people, by the minister's. This dude's left on the side of the road. Verse 33, but a Samaritan. Let me tell you what just happened right here. A Samaritan was a race of people, a group of people, and these were people, the Jews, God's chosen people, the Jewish people who came from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and and so this line of people, Israel, these people weren't supposed to intermarry with other countries, with other nationalities, other other tribes. And this all had spiritual connotations back then. But there was a part of the Jewish people who went to Samaria and they began to intermarry. And then their offspring were called Samaritans. And these were people, the Jews looked at them them as half-breeds, as inferior, as polluted, diluted, the wrong side of the tracks. Samaritans had no place in temple worship. They couldn't go there. They had to go up on a mountaintop to be able to worship the Lord. Even though they loved the Lord, they weren't allowed with the Jewish people. And there was a huge cultural rift between the two. We have that same cultural rift today. 
Maybe not between uh, Jewish people and Samaritans, but you know what I'm talking about. We have cultural rifts between every, every difference of opinion, it seems. We have this cultural rift, and Jesus goes right to the heart. He cuts right to the heart of the matter, right to this man's prejudice. He says, who is my neighbor? And Jesus is about to tell him that the Samaritan is his neighbor, and he's not gonna wanna hear it. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came to where this man was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Verse 34, he went to him, he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. That's, that's what they used for medicine back then, like an antiseptic. And then he set him, he set this wounded man on his own animal, and he brought him to an inn to take care of him. Maybe you've heard this story before. This is the story of the good Samaritan. And the next day, verse 35, the next day he took out two denarii, which is about two days wages, and he gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, hey, take care of them. And whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. This guy had committed to this other dude's well-being. Didn't know him. Verse 36, Jesus says, which of these three, the priest?" who are the high, the elite, these are the guys that have all the answers. The Levites, these are those, these, man, Levites are everywhere. They're serving, they, this is like our dream team. I mean, they're just, they're everywhere. They're just taking over. Or the Samaritan, the one that no one wanted to talk to, the one they wouldn't even let in the building. Who was his neighbor? So which of these three, which proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. So here we have such a crystal clear and emotional, I mean, Jesus is compelling us. He's saying, this is what being a neighbor looks like. And as we go into the holiday season, as we, as we look into God's word, as we, as we go through, as we look at this survival guide, this is where we have to start. We have to keep the main thing, the main thing, and that main thing is love. We will love our neighbor as we love ourselves, And we could do this, this holiday season, really no matter what your family dynamic looks like. For some of you, this may be easy for you, but I'm gonna challenge you to open up your heart even bigger. But for many of us, if you have a quirky family, if maybe you have a difference of opinion with someone, this gets tough really quick. How do you love your family? How do you love them as you love yourself? How do we fulfill the greatest commandment during this holiday season? I think as we look into God's word and as we look into the life of the, of the Good Samaritan, I think we'll find three things that we could each, very, very practical things that we could each apply to our life today. Things that are gonna help you. Things that are gonna help you. Very, very practical things as we go into the holiday season. The first thing that I see, and I think you'll see it as well, number one, is that we have to make others the priority. Come on, say Priority. You know, the Good Samaritan allowed the focus to be on someone else for a little while. For some of us, that's difficult. If you have a big personality, if you're always the center of attention, it's difficult to make someone else the priority for a little while. But during this holiday season, we can absolutely do this by the grace of God. And some of these, you say, oh, Stephen, these are easy. I know, but they kind of get progressively more difficult as we go, so just hang tight. So number one, we want to make others, make others a priority. Romans uh, chapter 12 and verse 10. The apostle Paul is telling the, the church of Rome, he says, love one another. Love one another with brotherly affection. 
Outdo one another in showing honor. Boy, isn't that good? Do we do that? It's, a, it's easy to read and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. But do we do it? Making others the priority. Outdo one another in showing each other honor. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. If we're gonna make others the priority this holiday season and in our life in general, I believe one of the keys is found there in verse 15, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. Did something amazing happen for someone in your family? Listen, be genuinely excited for them. Celebrate with them. Stop belittling their accomplishments or, we call it the one-up, trying to uh, overshadow them with your own. Oh, that's nothing. I did da 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 da. Man, I got a new job and I can't believe the benefits package is great. And oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I got a pay raise. Okay, okay, okay man, can we just, can we just, can you just give me a moment here? You know, and so we're so quick to do that. And most of the time we don't even notice, right? I mean, we don't even notice. I mean, I find myself doing this. I think we're all guilty of it at some point, but if we're gonna be like the Good Samaritan, if we're gonna show love for our neighbor, we have to make others the priority, even if it's just for a little while, to show others the priority, to to rejoice with those who rejoice, to celebrate their success. On the flip side, we need to weep with those who weep. This is tough. You know, did something terrible happen? Is somebody struggling with this ongoing struggle? Listen, Go, go with them there. Weep with those who weep. Don't tell them, and listen, don't tell them, I know what you're going through if you don't really know. That's super insulting. And I think if you've ever been through something and somebody comes to put a hand on your shoulder and they're trying to be polite, right? Again, this is super practical. And they say, hey, I know what you're going through. They're like, no, you don't. You don't know what I'm going through. You haven't felt this. You haven't been here on this side of the river. You don't know how tough this is. So if you find yourself in that position during this holiday season with family, and you may well, uh, if, if we do what we're talking about today, this may come up for you. People may begin to open up and be honest about their life and what they're going through. Instead of saying, hey, I know what you're going through, just say, I'm so sorry. Or sometimes it's better just not to say anything at all. Have you ever been there? Whenever you don't know what to say. Just be there with others to weep with those who weep. And for those who, for whatever reason, you can't be with family this holiday, um, find a way to be with friends and loved ones. Don't be alone. You too can make others the priority. Wherever you're at, whatever your life situation is, I encourage you to make others the priority. And think about this. If we all did this together, if we all made others the priority, everyone in here, would get more than enough attention that they need because everybody needs to be made the priority. But the problem happens whenever we try to seek that attention on our own. But if we're all proactive as God's people, as by the grace of God and because of God's spirit on the inside of us, if we're able, like the Good Samaritan, to show love, to make others the priority, I'm telling you, people are gonna sense something different and you and I What an amazing thing. God's way is so amazing. So the first thing we need to do that I think all of us can do and should do is strive to make others the priority. Number two, what we see from the Good Samaritan is to go for quality time, not just quantity time. Go for quality time, not just quantity time. You know, the Good Samaritan, he didn't have much time. He didn't stay long. It's not what he did. He found the man, he treated him there on the spot, put him on his animal, found the nearest inn, got him in bed, took care of him, and then he had to leave. He had stuff to do. 
His life had to go on, but he did what he had to do to make sure that this guy was taken care of. That is quality right there. He didn't have much time, so he had to make the most of the time that he did have. And during the holidays, we don't have much time with family. It's just a few weeks. Some of us, it's just a day or a few days. For many of us, it's just an afternoon, two hours at grandma's, whatever it looks like. Go for uh, making that quality time. You know, I grew up around the water in South Louisiana, grew up in the water, and uh, a lot of stories about that. But, one, you know, during this time of year, I actually went swimming recently, and it's getting colder. I mean, it's no, I mean, everybody knows that. It's getting colder, and whenever you try to get in a swimming pool, whatever, it's cold, and you just kind of put one foot in, I mean, it's just torment, right? You know, you're just like, oh, my gosh, it's so cold, it's so cold, it's so cold. And then so you get up to your knee, oh, my gosh, and then you put the other foot in. Oh, man, it's so cold, it's so cold, it's so cold. And so you work your way. That must be the worst thing ever uh, if you're going to try and get acclimated to a new environment. What's the easiest way to go swimming in a cold pool? Dive in. Just get in there. The shock is just for a moment, and then you're good. Stay underwater, though, because if the wind's blowing, it'll freeze you to death. So, I mean, that's the easiest way. And quality time means diving into relationships with our families, diving right in. And a lot of times, we want to keep things at the surface because things get awkward. But as we'll see here in just a little bit, I, think, I believe that God wants us to dive right in. The Good Samaritan, he didn't beat around the bush this guy was hurting. This guy was where he was. And he says, okay, let's take care of this right now. Wherever you're at, I don't care where you're at. Wherever you're at, we're going to get some help right now. We're going we're gonna to do what we can. I'm going to show you love. I'm going to love my neighbor as I love myself. The apostle Paul told the Philippian church, he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That already is so difficult to do, but he's not done. Verse four. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, you need to look to your own interests, but not only your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Look also to the interests of others. Whenever you're with family, whenever you're going for quality time, whenever you're making family your priority, whenever you're, it's in your heart to show love, to, to be a neighbor, like Jesus said that we could, like the Good Samaritan, to dive into relationships. Listen, one practical way you could do that is to ask about their interests. Don't just look to your own interests. Look to their interests as well. Ask about their interests. Dive into their world. Just go for it and use their name whenever you're speaking to them. The most beautiful word you'll ever hear is your own name. I love my name. In fact, if you were to say my name, I would turn around. I mean, it, we're all the same way, aren't we? We want to hear our name, and yet in family situations, we rarely hear it. It's mostly, hey, hey, you. Hey, look at this. It's hey, hey, hey. Even It's amazing. Even in marriage, it's, you move away from names, and you start using these pet names, and then like if they use your name, you know something's up. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like your mom, like, you know, Stephen Paul, and you're like, oh, my goodness. And uh, like, you don't know what's going to happen next, either really good or really bad. And so, but use their name whenever you're speaking to them, and ask them questions. Ask them. Listen, quality time. Ask them questions, and listen. Just Listen. Get on the couch with your dad and hear about his favorite sports team or whatever it is, and even though it's not your team, and you just hear about their wins, their losses, whatever it is, but dive into their world. Don't just worry about your own interests. Look to the interests of others as well. You know, you can tell a wise person 
You can tell who is a wise person based on the questions they ask. This is very, very important. Fools rarely ask questions, and whenever they do, they ask them to bring the conversation back around to themselves. I think we all can do that in some way or another. But the wise are always curious. The wise are wise because they're always learning. They don't think they know it all yet. They're open to new input, to fresh insights. They wanna see the world through other people's eyes. I encourage you during this holiday season to practice that. If you don't do that, begin doing that now. Ask questions. Hey, what, what about this? Man, that's amazing. What, what was that like going through that? Man, I mean, what, any takeaways, any advice you'd give if ever I run into? I mean, just asking questions, you know? And if you don't know what to ask, be like, so what else you got? What else is going on? I mean, just keep the conversation. Whenever we're going for quality conversation, quality relationships, make others the priority and worry about their interests. Go for quality, not just quantity. And listen, don't let another holiday season go by without investing in quality time with your family, your friends, and your loved ones. Go for it. Dive in. It may seem like a shock at first. You know, whenever you're sitting down with that sibling that you rarely ever talk to, you and say, so hey, tell me about this and this. I heard this, man, it's amazing, you know? What's going on with all that? They may look at you like, what? Why are we talking right now? I know, it's like I just dived into a freezing cold swimming pool, but it's gonna be okay in just a second. We're gonna love this. We're gonna have a great time together. And so make it a priority. Go for quality time, not just quantity time. And this last one is for extra credit. I think this one may be, more difficult than the first two. Number three, have a full house this holiday season. I don't mean stream on Netflix the full house, uh, have a full house marathon, uh, but have a full house. You know, the Good Samaritan, he found the place for his new friend immediately. Whenever he found this guy on the road, he bound his wounds, he did what he had to do in the moment, whatever it was, he faced reality. He put him on his own animal and he found him a place to stay found him a place to stay. We're gonna be surrounded during this holiday season. We're surrounded by those who don't have anywhere to go for the holidays, plain and simple. Maybe you're a student at UTSA or another college here, and maybe uh, you have uh, your husband or your wife is deployed. Maybe you're here all alone. I encourage you to find a community during the holiday season. Don't spend your holidays alone. Maybe you're on the tail end of an ugly divorce or whatever and you're just so confused, you don't know where to go. I pray that God gives you a place where you can go, a safe place where you can just be yourself and have a great time with family during this season. Have a full house. You know, Jesus, he talked about this directly. This is super challenging. He says, whenever you throw a feast, uh, not just to invite friends and family, because after all, those guys would pay you back and you have your reward. There's no eternal reward. You know, the Bible calls us to store treasures in heaven. He says, rather, in verse, uh, before we read verse 14, he says, whenever you throw a party, invite those who can't pay you back. Invite people who couldn't throw a party, a bigger party, and bring you, and you know, and it's this reciprocating relationship. He said, no, invite people who don't have anywhere else to go. Open up your heart, open up your home. In verse 14, Luke 14, 14, he says, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. And because they cannot repay you, your reward will come from your Father in heaven. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is what Jesus talked about, storing up treasures in heaven. And I know that a lot of people say, well, the holidays are just for family, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. You're right. We come home for the holidays, whatever that looks like. Maybe you have your own traditions and you do uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas at different times or whatever traditions you follow and celebrate. The holidays are for a family. My challenge to you 
and for myself this Christmas season, this Thanksgiving season, is to open up our hearts to new family, to people who maybe don't have anywhere to go. You know, growing up, I come from a a Christian family, very large uh, and very devoted Christian family. And it seems like every holiday, we had someone else at our house, someone who wasn't a blood relative, but they were family all the same. And I have a long list of family members that aren't related to us. And these are like brothers and sisters, and, and we're not all the same color. <laughs> you know, it, it didn't matter. We all just can't, and we didn't even know they were showing up sometimes. But that's what family does. I encourage you, have a full house this holiday season. And whenever we do that, whenever we open up our home to those who can't pay us back, our reward is from our Father in heaven. You know, here at Metro Church, one of our values, we talked about it earlier, was genuine community. Another one is radical acceptance. We believe that people can come to Christ just as they are. No strings attached. Jesus said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't matter where you've come from. Doesn't matter how you were raised. Simple saving faith in Jesus. We can come as we are. Are. And I believe that if you're going to be a good neighbor, if you're going to love the Lord your God with everything you are and love your neighbor as yourself, we are going to have to take people right where they're at. They may be broken, stripped, robbed, and bleeding in the streets. Maybe we won't run into something literally like that. I don't know. You may have the craziest holiday season ever if you run into something like that. But all of us are gonna run into people with dysfunctions, just like I have, just like you have. We're gonna run into family and friends who need help. They need a shoulder to cry on. They need somebody to give them a high five to actually celebrate them because no one else is. To show love this holiday season. And listen, I know that as we give love, as we show people, as we prove to be a neighbor, I know that God is gonna fill us up Because as we do it, as we honor the Lord, by giving, giving, the Lord is gonna give back to us. I know it, I know it. So number one, wanna make others the priority. Number two, we wanna go for quality time, not just quantity time. Number three, we wanna have a full house. Listen, this could be the year that you finally have that conversation. This could be the year where you finally make amends. This could be the year where, where that black sheep of the family, which I was in my family, it can finally be brought in. And maybe you might be the linchpin for all of that to happen. You might be the one that makes it happen. I know that this holiday season could prove to be some of the best weeks of our year. I know it. I believe it. And as we go on for the, for the next few weeks and we talk about pitfalls to avoid and, and ways to get around these things and how to get the most out of this holiday season, this may be some of the best weeks of our life. Let me pray for you this morning as God's dealing with our hearts today. Lord, we thank you for our family. We thank you for our friends and loved ones. And Lord, those, God, I pray for those who have families to go to. Lord, they already have plans and they may be traveling, whatever that looks like. God, I pray for them today. God, that you would put on their heart who to be a good neighbor to, who like the Good Samaritan, who to show genuine love to, radical acceptance to. God, we ask that you would move in our families, touch each member of our family in a special way. And Lord, use us to minister to them this holiday season. And Lord, for those who can't be home, God, I pray that you give them creativity, ways to celebrate you and to celebrate their families together whenever they could, to make the most of the time that they do have. And Lord, for those who have nowhere to go for the holidays, those who 
Maybe they don't, they don't have a family that they can go to. They're not safe there, whatever the story is. God, I pray that you would open up the hearts of your people to have a full house this Christmas, this Thanksgiving. Lord, during this entire holiday season, God, we look to you for the strength, for the grace. And Lord, as we do these things, God, as we make the main thing, as we keep the main thing, the main thing, Lord, as we love others and honor you, God, I thank you that you will move in our lives, that you will move in our families' lives, that God, that you will do something that no man can get the credit for, Lord, that you will move in our lives and on our behalf. And God, we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' good name, and everyone said, amen.